This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. You're listening to Strictly Anonymous on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you haven't subscribed to my show, subscribe to my show on uh, either riotcast.com slash anonymous or you could subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, follow me at Cartoon Therapy or follow the show at Strict Anonymous. Uh, you could like my Facebook page and uh, what else? If you want to be on my show, I'm always looking for people to call in. I talk to people about problems that they have and I give them my unprofessional advice. I talk to people about their secret lives or just like the naughty things that they do that they most of the time keep a secret <laughs> from everybody else except me. Um, if you want to call in and be one of those people on my show, send me an email at Strictly Anonymous Podcast at gmail.com. If you can write a review, can you please write a review for my show? They really help the show and I love getting them and I need them. So write a review if you can. And that's about it. Oh, if you want to buy my book, I wrote a book. I wrote and drew a book. It's called The Cartoon Misadventures of a Total Trainwreck. And it's a bunch of short stories, like relationship stories that are really horrifying and funny. So uh, you could buy that book in the merch store on Riotcast. So just go to riotcast.com and go to their store. And it's right there to buy. And it's like a funny coffee table book. Like I swear, it's not like a book you have to read from beginning to end. Because I never used to read books like that. I'm like a chapter reader. Like I'd read like the middle of the book and then the end of the book and then the third chapter and like that's the way I like to read and so that's the way I wrote my book. It's like the type of book that you could read any, do the middle of the book, any chapter. Each one has a beginning, a middle and an end. It's like a cute little story. They're really quick and they're very funny if you ask me and uh, they're cute. And they have a lot of pictures and there are a lot of sex. And uh, <laughs> I drew them. I drew all the pictures and I can't draw and I can't write, but I wrote and drew this book and it's kind of, it's good. So buy it. It's like 12 bucks or eleven ninety five. I think that sounds better than 12. I don't know. Does that sound cheaper? <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, that's it. I'm going to tell you who I have on my show today. I have on Craig. This is a part two of Craig. 
we ended his first podcast, which was a couple of weeks ago that I, I aired his first podcast, um, with him talking about CBT, which is cock ball torture. We didn't get into that. I said, let's just save that for the next episode. And that's what we talk about more on this episode. The first episode, we spoke all about like him being really into S&M. First, he was a sadist, then he was a masochist or vice versa. I'm not really sure. I don't remember. But if you want to listen, if you haven't listened to that episode, it's really interesting. You could listen to his first episode. Um, and hear all about his sadist masochist experience. This uh, podcast, we get into um, his BDSM experience, which is different than just straight up S&M. Also, we talk a lot about his um, interest and his experience with dominatrix and cock and ball torture, CBT, like I said. <laughs> we talk all about that, suffocation, the fact that he's into like really big girls because he likes to be suffocated and all that kind of stuff that goes on. And, you know, when you have that kind of fetish, uh, and that's what we get into that and a whole lot more. There's a lot of stuff that we t- discuss on this podcast, but it's really great. It's like I said, uh, it's with Craig and I'm going to be right back on with Craig. Do you have a story, lifestyle or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Um, hey, Craig. Welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast. You're on again with Kathy. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. I know that we discussed very early on, even before we taped the first one, that we would probably do a one and two with you because you had so much stuff. And you were kind of like... It was kind of grouped into two different things because you were very, you're like into S&M, right? And you play both sides, you've been into to both sides of things, right? You've been yeah, a sadist, you've been right. a masochist. And it was kind of like in your younger years, you were totally a sadist. And then more when you got older, you got into the other side of things. So we, I think we were going to try and break it up that way. But I think we touched on both in the first episode. But we did leave it off with something called CBT, which... Typically, I would think that stands for cognitive behavioral therapy, but on this phone call, it stands for cock and ball torture, right? Yes. Yeah, and that's where we left it off. This is the other thing, though, I want to just have a quick discussion with you about because, like, I know when we were emailing back and forth about you being on the show, you were like, oh, there's certain things I don't want to talk about. I don't really want to talk about the sex that I have in my marriage or whatever, but you were married, right? So and it's hard for me not to, like, go there because there is, like, a timeline, right? And I know that you were always monogamous, so... You know, it's like, in a way, it's good to know, like, when these marriages happen, what, like, you know, if they fit into anything without getting specific, is there a way that you could actually talk about it without, or I could ask you questions and you could answer without going there? I don't know. What is your sort of thing about not, deal, like, talking about the sex? Well, I I wouldn't want to talk about what I did with people that I was married to because I feel like that's my way of treating them well. Like, I, it's like a very, like a kiss and tell kind of way. Like, I know that I know I'm telling you all these things that I did and, um, you know, about sex experimentation and everything. But I feel like I married these people. I had a very special relationship with them. And, you know, I was, I've been married twice and I'm still married to my second wife. Um, the first one, it was a good relationship. I, I was uh, a hard time in my life, I guess. When I met her, I was barely employed. I was like, getting high every day. 
and we got together and we had lots of sex and mm-hmm. we did drugs together. What kind and of drugs? Were you into we, hardcore drugs or like, was it just like typical no, no, stuff mo- when you were younger? Like we No, coke? no. Most, I, I didn't actually try. I didn't start doing drugs until I was about 26 years old. Oh, you're one of those late bloomers. I feel like those some, are sometimes the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. I could, I could see that. But yeah. really, I just, I, I smoked weed all, all the time. Uh, I, le- I really liked LSD and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And those are the only things I really did. But you guys did it within did. your relationship together. You guys were yes. having fun. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I tried a couple other things, but I, honestly, I didn't think they were very good or right. good for me. Mm-hmm. But and then you guys just like crashed and burned? Like, is, is that what happened with that one, that situation? Um, I think that I felt like if I was going to be married, I should be working towards a future, mm-hmm. whether it's like... You know, getting a more nine to five job, um, saving up, trying to buy a home, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think she wanted to be constrained to that sort of stuff. And honestly, she she didn't really think she'd ever get married in the first place. I think she was twenty six too. No, I I was older than her. What, let me see. I think I was probably about three years older than her. Oh, so, so she I was, was about, only twenty three. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I was. 28 and she uh-huh. was 25 when we met oh but that's still super young to be married for sure it is it is yeah yeah, yeah. so she it got is. out before she was even 30 how long were you together the whole time together four years so yeah she got out at 29 uh-huh. i was 32 uh-huh. yeah it's uh you know it was a good experience no kids we, no nothing i mean that's like no a kids, clean break. no debt uh-huh. yeah it was it still was young I mean, that's not a bad way to do it. <laughs> exactly. And you know what was good is that I, when I got out, I felt like I was beholden to no one. Mm-hmm. I was just going to pursue my my personal creative ambitions. I, I was very lucky to get out of my nine to five job and I got a much more low pressure job. And then I was like, great, I'm going to go. I'm just going to pursue sex. Exactly. I'm going to go for what I want. I'm going to be very upfront from now on with, I want to play with this in this way. And if people are in, they're in. If they're out, they're out. And I ended up having like, in, over a short period of time, a ton of really, you know, for what I would say, awesome experiences. And I'm sure what other people would say are super perverse. In what sense? Stuff. In the sense of like all the stuff that we've been talking about or even more perverse? No, I would say more. I would say like more. What? Then I was, I was. We could talk about I, that because those were girls you were not married to. So let's go there. Well, the first thing I did was go to a dungeon, like a professional dominatrix, uh-huh. and say, "Like, okay." I had said this in the last post, uh, the last um, episode. episode. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I went. And I said, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, uh, I just went through some crazy tough times, and I want to have, like, some really, really rough physical play. I'm into, you know, face-sitting, suffocation, ball busting, you know, no no verbal stuff, no mean stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I just want to, like, experience this really intense thing. And I was just very lucky that I met someone who was like, oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. Great. That sounds like a lot of fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, she tied me to a bench, you know, kind of standing with my legs spread open, blindfolded me, left the room, came back, and just blasted me in the nuts with her knees. Like, one, 
two, and then the third time was like that 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 thing where like you know like the direct hit where my my balls just got crushed between her knee and my own pelvic bone, and my body went limp, and the ropes held me up, and I kind of started to collapse, and I hit her shoulder, and I was I, I said thank you, and that seemed to resonate with her and. Then we had this really super, I had never expected anything sexual to happen. You know, I expected this to be a, a beat down. You know? But you're naked, and, right? You're tied up naked, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And let me ask you this. Do you get hard when she's like uh, hitting I, you? Because it is a it, turn it, on, right? Oh, yeah, it is. It is. It, it dep- if, I'm, if I'm in a sexual situation with somebody, then yeah, but... But in like that situation, in, you didn't in that think it was sexual, no, so like, you were yeah. I, I don't feel, I don't want to, like, delude myself into thinking this person likes me. Uh-huh. I understand that they're a professional, you know, they're uh-huh. providing, you know, a service that, you know, I, I'm i seeking out. And I think mentally, to, like, protect myself, I don't really want to, like, get hard and come and stuff like that. That's not, what I'm, that's not why I'm there. Okay, there but this one did to, turn like, sexual, though. It did, um, yeah, she, like, opened her shirt and, like, let me suck one of her tits, and I was, like, I I was, like, kind of uh, taken aback, you know? I was not expecting that. Um, I, I kind of, like, mentally prepared myself that, like, this is going to be a very non-sexual thing, you know? Like, right, this like a person, blue balls almost thing, like a tease, but maybe, but sometimes you're into that, right? Oh, yeah, like, that I don't mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fun. But, uh, and... She fucked me up. I mean, she beat the shit out of me. It was it was amazing because she was super into it, and I was into it. And you know, she was like like giant open handed slaps to my stomach and my chest. She like chained me like to like you know they had like a throne there and like she had these long heels on and was like just jabbing them into my chest and into my. Into my crotch. I'm really. I'm not into like uh, cutting or scratching or anything like uh-huh. that. I like more blunt impact. Uh-huh. So like a punch or a knee. That's more the kind of. That's the kind of pain that I can take a lot of. It, it's interesting. It's funny how. I think what what really helps is learning the the details of what your body can handle. Right, like, like your uh, threshold and what you're into, what you're not. Or yeah, right. yeah. And yeah, like blunt impact versus like slappy impact. Uh-huh. I think, uh, I, you know, you play around a lot and you, you learn those things. Anyway. Right. So she is just like brutalizing me and, you know, like she like ties my wrists to my ankles and I'm like laying on the ground and she like sits on my chest and I can smell her pussy and I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I know what an aroused woman smells like. I, I can't believe this is really happening. And then she takes out a vibrator and starts masturbating, like punching me and getting herself off. And you know, then our time is up. Right. And I was, I just thanked her. I was like, thank you. That was amazing. I've never had an experience like that before. And she was like, yeah, me either. That was great. Thanks. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But cool. let me ask you, is there any kind of jerking off for you that goes down? Do you come or did she just... No, come? no. I'm, I, you know what? I, I don't want to risk that. You know that moment where you... Yeah, but if she's oh, jerking off... Listen, no, 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 no
Sorry. There's a there's a thing for guys where like maybe you've heard this like uh it's like a, almost like a joke like you're yeah. on the internet you're looking at like 30 different types of depraved porn you jerk off you come and then you like feel disgusted with yourself you look at what's on the screen right. like mm-hmm. that kind of like i don't want to risk that with another person i don't want it because then you go like what all right see you later you like pull your pants up you walk out the door and oh you're alone. you don't want to like you click know. out into that other like reality <laughs> exactly like I, it's, it's a that high makes sense you're smart it's like a, yeah it's a masochistic high yeah and if i don't come mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to leave and I'm going to be like in a in a daze I'm going to yeah, be still kind of high on pain Yeah 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 uh-huh and then like I'll like go get a meal you know I, I joke You let it kind of like wear off slowly <laughs> Yeah and then I'll probably jerk off like 10 times over the next 2 days I think that's kind of smart Oh thanks Yeah well, I mean I I didn't think of it like you know at first I'm just like what's the fucking point you know what I mean and why aren't you coming like to, isn't that the point you know but then no, like, no, what yeah, you yeah. say it is right like it 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 does snap you out of the moment and you're in a dungeon and there's and you're like oh my god <laughs> and yeah it could and then really like, right, kill it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so I think I totally get it and it totally makes sense that you do it that way for sure and it does prolong your experience right and it doesn't kill it and then like you said you you you're uh it's like material for you for the next couple of days yeah yeah it was and and frankly that woman you know she my my balls are fucked up for like a week like they were they were like purple and you like that though yeah, yeah. I don't. It's it's funny. It's not something that I think I look forward to. It's not something I'm trying to achieve. But then it's like this whatever badge of honor, this kind of uh, memento souvenir, this thing like you go to the bathroom, you know, look in the mirror, you're like damn, oh god, wow, you know, like it's just an experience. It's uh, like a yeah, like souvenir. I don't I don't know how else to put it. And so I saw that woman a couple times mm-hmm. and. There are often, like, it, it was funny. Like, I, I had a lot of really. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Interesting experiences with her. You know, I guess because we enjoyed similar things, we got to experiment a bit. Um, One time she tied my feet to, like, I was lying on the floor with my feet tied to the wall but the rope had some give to it so you know it was like probably the middle of the winter and she was like i don't know like sitting on my stomach like twisting my nipples or pulling out my chest hair you know and like things that i might not that might not be at the top of my list Mm -hmm. but that are hot because the person that i'm with is turned on you know it's a very it became a very reciprocal kind Mm -hmm. of Thing. And the funny thing was that my feet started to slip, so I just kind of let them hang with the rope, and there was like a heating pipe underneath, and I was like, oh shit, that's going to burn my heels. Oh, okay. So I had like was forced to kind of like hold my legs in the air while she's, you know, sitting on my face and, you know, suffocating me and all this, and then after the session was over, I was like, wow, that was really diabolical what you did, you know, with the heating pipe and all that. She's like, 
what are you talking about? <laughs> you know? She had no idea. Yeah, she had no idea. It was really funny. But when she's sitting on your pa- face, is she like, does she have anything on or is she like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She's wearing like a G-string or uh-huh. some sort of underwear. I, I, so you I can't never... really pleasure her, but did she, every time that you saw her after that, did she always pleasure herself? You know, she went through, I think she got married at some point during the time that I knew her. It's not like I saw her consistently or anything. Uh-huh. I saw her right, intermittently. Totally. And at one point, you know, like there's definitely like she masturbated every time for like up to a certain point and then she never did again. And then we talked about it a while later and she's like, oh, did, did my sessions become a lot less sexual? And I was like, yeah, they did. Yeah. And she told me she had gotten married and, you know, I guess she like, changed the way she did certain things. Mm-hmm. It's funny, you know, like, these people, everybody has their own life. And, totally. You know, but she, she actually commented when she's like, oh, man, that job was the best. You know, you're basically just having sex all day long, beating the shit out of people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you stay know, friends I, with her? Um, I would say we were kind of, we were friendly. Mm-hmm. We were, we could have been friends, yeah. Right. Um, although, you know, you, you, you see somebody, you only see somebody at work. You don't know them that well. You know, I don't I don't fool myself into thinking I, I got the feeling like, oh, this is kind of a cool person, but you know, you don't you don't really know people that well. Right, right, right. When right. you only know them at work. And maybe you don't want to, maybe it would ruin it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How much oh, yeah. does a session like that cost, by the way? Um like just uh I like two hundred bucks an hour. Right. And you typically would go in for an hour? I would prefer to go for two. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I have a pretty, pretty serious threshold, and I feel like, uh, you know, I'd rather, like, play and maybe take a five-minute breather, you know, mm-hmm. and, not, and, and feel more relaxed. I felt like an hour, you better be fucking vicious if you can fuck me up in, in an hour. <laughs> is, is, uh, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. Right. I've had very good one-hour sessions, but I felt like with two hours... Um, even the, the dominatrix was more relaxed. They were like, all right, cool. This guy must know what he wants. You know, How hot was she? Like, what did she look like? I always like to give people sometimes a visual in case they're like, oh, like, like a, a real, <laughs> like a voluptuous Snow White, uh-huh. you know, like super pale skin, black hair, big tits, thick thighs, you know, that kind of like a, like a, like a I guess kind of like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. You and know. now, in between the wives, right, because you're married now, and this was, like, after your first one, you said you did, right. like, the, you know, so you saw this girl a bunch of times, and then you said you did a lot of, like, perverse things, one being the dungeon, or what are the, some of the other things? I mean, that woman, she would, It was you know, what you did all with her, mostly? No, no, God, oh. no. I, I, I was in a couple relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I did all. I, I saw a couple different dominatrixes. I, I saw one who I I said, you know, I was trying to like. We were talking about what we were going to do. I was like, look, I need like my my Olympic masochist sadist gym partner. And she was like, oh, I totally get it, you know. And we did like some fun like like physical endurance stuff. Mm-hmm. Like she would like climb on my back. Like I was giving her a piggyback ride, and then she would cover my mouth and my nose. So I couldn't breathe, and then I would have to do squats while carrying her. You know, and it was it was fun. It was it's like good, it's it good for cool. your ass. It's good exercise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then she also just like you know tied me with my arms and legs spread and just punched 
me for like 10 minutes straight, like punched me in my biceps, into my thighs. And I remember showing a friend of mine who knew a little bit what I was into. I was like, hey, you want to see something funny? And I'm like, yeah. And I like, I took off my shirt and I was like, check this out. And it's like from my shoulder down to my elbow on both arms was like totally blue and purple, you know? And her jaw dropped. But it was it was kind of fun to just be like, it really wasn't like, I don't know. It was just fun. It was like this person was into it. I was into it. It was. I I kind of also get off on fear. Mm-hmm. So when she was like punching me in the thighs as hard as she could, you know, it wasn't really that painful, but it was terrifying because she was punching me that hard close to my balls, which I knew it was harder than I could take. So that was it was exciting for for that reason. Right, right, right. I get it. Right. It was like because you're. A, a, constantly worried that maybe she's going to but that's a part of the turn on for somebody like you like, oh 100% yeah right. and then uh, the uh, the one who I saw many times one time she kicked me in the nuts so hard that it, I had to stop because I was I was like t- mostly I like to be uh, kind of standing on my own two legs kind of thing but mm-hmm. she tied me to the wall and she tied my balls to the wall and then kicked me with while wearing boots oh it was awful it was definitely it was just like <laughs> not had, good awful <laughs> I, I had heard or uh, read about guys you know like you get hit so hard in the nuts that you throw up and i actually felt the vomit go like halfway up my esophagus you know like mm-hmm. like it was there it went like it almost went all the way i almost lost it it was and i well that's what I happens when you're in intense pain i smashed my finger in a door recently and i got nauseous and I went right. Googling because I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I nauseous? Like what? This has to be a thing. And it turns out like when your body is inflicted with intense pain, that happens. I forget like the real reason for it, but it made sense, you know? So like, would you always be nauseous after these events? No, 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 I'm not really. No, I, I would describe it as like, I'd rather get punched at like 50% power for, an hour or two mm-hmm. then get punched, you know, two or three times and just be like on the floor, like crying in pain. Like, and I know that it's, it's almost impossible to convey why one thing is like, it's totally appealing to get hit in the nuts a hundred times, you know, mm-hmm. at like medium strength, but like not really appealing to get hit, you know, with like a bat, you know, like why is one different from the other, you know, uh, but I think is, I could know? I could understand why one would be different than the other, <laughs> and I don't even have balls. But I think right. balls like tits. Like I, I just think like whatever you're saying, you know. Yeah, I, I honestly, think the sensitivity I, is the same, right? I, I think you're right because I have done a lot of my sadism. Like I've I've spent a lot of time punching and squeezing breasts, mm-hmm. and I I would never hit somebody as hard as I could, and like. But I've definitely had left people bruised and, you know, but not enough, not bent. Do you ever worry about your jizz as far as like procreation? Like, does anything happen? Like, does it, do you know if it like affects your sperm in any way, shape or form all this like sort of abuse to your balls? I mean, it's like a weird medical question. (laughs) No, I I, I couldn't. People have asked me that, Mm -hmm. you know, who I've had sex with. Yeah. Um, The truth is I didn't start doing this stuff until... I was in my 30s, you know, mm-hmm. and I have two kids, and I'm going to get a vasectomy soon, so it, oh, okay. I don't so care. Oh, so obviously <laughs> didn't. Okay, cool. You it had your kids really with your first wife? No. Did you What's have your that? kids with your first wife? 
No, no, I'm I'm married. Uh, I remarried eventually. Right, and then so you had kids with the, the person you're with now. Yes. Oh, okay. So it, it obviously, and you didn't get into that. You're saying until after you had your kids, or do, like around that same time. So it didn't. It wasn't enough to affect your. your oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Yeah. You kind of started to cut out for a second. Yeah. Could, I, you, could you repeat that, please? Yeah. So you didn't. So you. So it obviously didn't affect your your sperm, and because you didn't start getting no, into it, like you were still. Your earlier days, right, it was more about you sort of being violent with women and inflicting all the pain on them. And then somewhere along the line, it switched to more so this kind of a thing, right? So that, I guess, was around that time in between the wives? Yeah. I, after that time in between the wives, I was I felt like I was really free mm-hmm. to, to do whatever. And honestly, being the sadist, in a relationship is a ton of responsibility. And I didn't want to have that responsibility for someone else. Right. I was, I was pretty emotionally spent after my divorce. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have the reserves to take care of someone, call them up Mm -hmm. every day and that sort of thing. So I had very intense, but limited relationships that were heavily built around you know, sex and whatever intense play we ever did. Mm-hmm. So, so I, sense. Uh, and then until yeah. you were really ready again for another relationship a couple of years later or whatever. Exactly. Right. And then you met this wife, but you don't cheat on her. No, God, no, I, I, don't, I don't cheat on people. That's not my, that's not my deal. I, but I'm like, so, only going to be, yeah. be in a relationship with somebody if they want to have a ton of sex right. with me, you know, so from that and statement gonna... alone and the stuff that you said, I could assume and everyone could assume that like you do this kind of stuff with your wife, right? On some you level. Know, I'm, I was very open with my wife mm-hmm. when, I, when we met about what I'm into mm-hmm. and she was willing to try out mm-hmm. most of it. And she is very clear with me about what things she can partake in and what things she can't. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's and and the things that she does partake in, she's amazing at. So uh, that's that's all I really feel comfortable saying. Yeah, but yeah I, that's cool. I, I, yeah, but you know, I do get, you know, the satisfaction is there. So right. So it's I not know. like the other stuff that she doesn't do. You're like in a dungeon somewhere doing it. You're totally cool with not doing. The yeah. Other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also feel like we're going to be together for. For a very long time, you know, we have, you know, I've, there's like, you go to a dungeon, you're like, I want X, Y, Z, let's do it, boom, Mm -hmm. they do it. But you have a relationship with somebody, and like the the nuance and the subtlety and the, the depth with which you experience these things is far greater, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so. If you're you know, honest and you're open and the person's yeah, kind of, of into course. it. I mean, you're lucky, you know, but I think it's smart because, you know, you were able to put it out there and you were being honest with yourself. So yeah. you attracted somebody that would be open to it as opposed to like just keeping it a secret, which right. unfortunately you know a lot of people have to do. I've, I've found that people who have an extensive knowledge of BDSM like are not necessarily better lovers than people who are completely new to it. If somebody is like never experienced it at all, 
but like there's a component of their, I don't know, psychological makeup that it resonates with, they can be, they can be perfectly into it. I, I dated somebody before I met my wife who, you know, she had never done any, like she, she thought like the fact that she had anal sex made her pretty kinky, you know? Oh, right. And, right. And so we, you know, we kind of, we were friends she would like stay over at my place, but you know, we, we were just friends. And at, at some point, like, you know, like I guess an attraction formed and like the first night we fooled around, you know, I just kind of tossed her around. I, I was like, you know, my, my usual, let's say rough self, you mm-hmm. know, and she was like totally into it, you know, and, but she also knew that I did all these other things. These like, you were friends and you were things. open with her about it right. beforehand. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was not into ball busting. She was not into face sitting, but she totally was into the tease and denial stuff. And like, that's what resonated with her. And we ended up having an awesome time Mm -hmm. because she told me stories about what she would do with guys. Like she was totally into like kind of fucking with people's heads and, you know, leading guys on and then leaving them out in the cold, but not like, not in she a manipulative, like, rude way, in a way that it was like a turn on to both parties. No, it was just, it was fun for her to flirt, mm-hmm. you know? It was fun for her to like, and you know, I, I'm sure you know there are these girls who, they have like these guys who are their friends, but really secretly are totally into them and wish that one day they could date her, mm-hmm. but they're like her good friends, you know? And some girls have like a bunch of guys hanging around them, like little satellites, and she was one of these girls, and I was like, oh, you totally jerk these guys around and you know what you're doing and you totally get off on it and you i think you were I one of those guys no because we all we did was fuck you know what i mean like we had no but you said you were friends before so maybe oh. you were satellite for a while ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hard to say. I mean, I had relationships and I, think I didn't really... You. Right into the fucking uh, bedroom. It's not a bad thing. It's a compliment if she wanted you. Oh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, I, I'll I'll say this. This is something I've thought. You know, I, I'm a creative person, and my career started to get some traction, and soon after that is when she became attracted to me. So I always secretly suspected that, you know, maybe that's what pushed it over the edge. Oh, right, when you were getting a little bit more powerful. Women are attracted to that. That definitely could be the case for sure. Yeah, so honestly, that... And also, let's use it. You know, she was probably like, this guy is like, if if I get with this guy, I get to experience all this crazy stuff that he's into. And his career is starting to do well. Like, boom, that's it. That's Mm -hmm. like sex plus money. Plus some cultural power, like forget it. That that's the that's the equation for right, sleeping right. with a woman, you know. Right. So how did you guys cross the line? Like, how did it go from you guys just being friends and confidants with each other to like, you know, getting it on? Like, what happened? Was there like alcohol involved? Uh, Do you no, remember? no. Uh, I mean, it was one. She used to. 
sleep over my apartment every once in a while. And she was just being flirt. She was talking to me in a way she had never talked to me before. Mm-hmm. I was like, this girl is talking to me like she wants me to fuck her. Right. You she know, was all like, of a sudden giving you the green light. Right. I had a guy on my show once re- a while ago who was in love with his best friend. And he was telling me all these stories that like she sleeps over his house. She sleeps there topless. Like, and I'm just like, oh, my God, she's dying for you to make a pass. She's rubbing her ass up against his cock while they're sleeping. And he just couldn't understand that she really liked him. He really liked her, but he didn't know if she liked him. I'm like, that's a sign. That girl. I mean, girls do certain things, you know, but they want the man to make the move. But they'll give you the green light in different ways, right? And that's what happened with her. Yeah, exactly. So, so I mean, I picked up on it right away. And I was right. like, great, all right, we're going to bed. And we're going to fucking give it to you. And, <laughs> you know, we, we fooled around that night. And she was like, I don't know, are, are we going to do this? I was like, fuck yeah, we're going to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we, we got together. We Like, I went to her house for dinner, and I just fucked her as soon as I went in the door, you know? I was like, man, I, I don't know. Let's just get this out in the open. And we we fooled around a couple times, and then she's like, so what are you into? And I had uh, I had been curious about doing, like, chastity play, you know what, what does that, that mean? Is? Like the, the that uh, like when you wear that thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what and, is that uh, thing? The chastity belt, right? It's, it's yeah, it's called a belt, but mm-hmm. it's really like a little birdcage for your dick. Uh huh. And it stops you from getting hard, mm-hmm. like physically. Uh mm-hmm. huh. And I was like, you know, I had never done that with anyone before, and I just, I, I just pulled it out of my whatever cupboard you know mm-hmm. and i just showed you it, had to her. it so you had it yeah oh yeah okay. i had it i i bought one and i i tried wearing it but i'd never played with anybody with it you know mm-hmm. um and she was just like her jaw dropped and i was like even this is this is a real like uh i, I don't know like serendipitous kind of detail that i think without without which this none of this would have ever worked but her hands were like really torn up like she was somebody who was always picking at their cuticles and <laughs> like picking at their fingernails yeah, uh-huh. like she had busy hands you know mm-hmm. and she that translated into her like totally understanding the I'm going to jerk you off but I'm going to keep you right at the edge mm-hmm. and like just play with your dick so you feel like you're about to come, but not let you come. And I really think that it's like that busy hands thing. I'm sorry, there's like a plane, a helicopter going by. I don't hear it actually. Oh no! Okay, no, good. Not at all. Um, so I think it. I think that is the like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like she understood it from that point of view. Like she she could use her hands. She was totally into the power trip thing, and like like jerking me off, making me get hard. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. she was totally got off on that. She would, like, make me get hard while I was still in the cage. I remember one time she was, like, playing with me, like, rubbing my taint and sticking her finger in between the cage, like, bars, and that I was I was hard for so long that, you know, I didn't even really realize how much time had passed. And she was like, I think we should take the cage off. I think your dick might be getting fucked up. We took the cage off. And you know, like how you, you go to sleep, you fall asleep on like a pair of corduroy or something. Your yeah, face is all uh-huh. 
and my dick looked like that. <laughs> it was wild. It was totally wild. And then, you know, she would like do that and then she would just masturbate and we would try and like see how many times we could do that. Like she would leave me locked up, tease me, get me hard. And then either not even, sometimes she would tease me while I was still in the cage and then she would just stop and then just masturbate and play with herself and it was super fun. We did that so much. It was like a total drug. And she was not into drinking or drugs, but there's like, she, she got into like this intoxication power thing where mm-hmm. like I would have to smoke weed and she would stay sober and I would get more fucked up and then she would just keep teasing me and messing with me. And then right. That keeps her in the power position for sure. Even more. Right. So. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember one time we just tried to see how many times we could do it during the course of the day. And eventually she just passed out. She just fell asleep. And like, I had this giant fucking heart on. I was so super, super worked up. And like, this girl was passed out because she'd come so much. It yeah. was super fun. You know, it was, it was, it was a great experience. How long did you fuck her for? And like, why did that not turn into a relationship or did it for a little while? Oh, it was a relationship for a while, but I just, you know, after getting divorced, I felt like my standards had to be so high. Like I had to, it, like being sexually compatible with someone is not enough, you know, for a relationship. I, totally. I've been sexually compatible with so many people because I'm, I love to fuck and I like to make people happy and I like to do mm-hmm. different things and not like I'm some special thing, but I'm okay with myself and I'm okay with other people. I'm okay with the. Wait, you just cut out. Yeah, you're oh, okay I, with, go on. I'm okay with other people's quirks, uh-huh. you know? It's not like, I, I don't have one one thing I'm looking for, you know? I, I've dated, I've, all these different people I've told you about, like, one was black, one was Dominican, one was Chinese, uh-huh. uh, another was white, another was Native American, uh-huh. you, know, you know what I mean? I, I don't, some have been very fat and... Uh, even that's super fun because I've done, you know, things you can only do with extremely large people. You like know? what? Like with suffocation um, for sure, right? Excuse me? Oh, yeah. Suffocation is like... Really so, good, when, right? When someone has like a giant watermelon-sized breast that just can cover your... One boob can cover your entire face. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Lord. It's like, you know, the face sitting is so hot because it's like scary and dangerous. And like if that person is like more concerned with getting off than anything like you know you got to really struggle to breathe right Um, one woman was uh, she was you know she i dated somebody who was so into the power trip that i had to break up with them because it was a little scary i felt like it was gonna cross over into regular life Mm -hmm. maybe she was more into the whole bdsm lifestyle because she just wanted that to be all the time is that would that be a difference um it well it wasn't so explicit mm-hmm. but i it's and i couldn't tell i couldn't tell you if she was wanting to like like she was really into me and i felt like she wanted to like for lack of a better word like consume me uh-huh. she wanted to t- like like intertwine with my life and it was like way too soon but the funny thing was, you know, she was like an Amazon. She was like six foot one, and she weighed two hundred and eighty pounds, and she had this gigantic, big everything, you right. know, like. Mm-hmm. 
big hair, big tits, big ass. And I was like, I'm into being sat on and like lit up. She really was like, oh, cool. And she was kind of, she was kind of involved in like the kind of that, that scene that kind of overlaps burlesque and mm-hmm. fetish and goth. Yeah. You know, I just that had a guy. Of, yeah, yeah. This was my last podcast. Rob is polyamorous. He was into that whole scene. Right. I'm not that familiar with it, but she was. So we, I remember we went to a party. We're having a good time, you know, just hanging out. She knows a lot of people there. And she's like, ooh, why don't you lie down on this this bench, you know? We're like, all right, sure. And she sits on me. And she's like, just because of the different people I've been with, I think I know what my weight limit is. I think yeah. about 240 is what I can handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, for long periods of time. And, you know, like I said, she told me she weighed 280. And I believe that easily. And, man, she was just, it was, like, right on the border of, like, I can't handle this, you know, because the bench was wood, and it just had a little thin pillow on it, you know, like a long cushion kind of thing, like uh-huh. one of those pillows that are, like, an inch or two thick. And like you know, people were coming up to her and talking to but her. But you guys have holding... clothes on, right? But and she just oh yeah, yeah. Face, we were clothes. Right? We were we were in a club. You know, it was like you know, it was that fetish scene, but it was not a. Uh, it was not like people were having sex. Right, right. You know? it wasn't like I'm, a I'm sure. Party. I think it's the kind of scene where everybody parties together, and then they go back to a hotel and have sex, or you know what I mean. Like it's more. I think the sex happens in the after hours. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not really what I'm into. So, you know, I, I was, I mean, it was hot. It was very hot. It was, it's like hot to be pushed to your limits. And she, I think she really got off on the fact that I'm, I'm like a very skinny guy myself. And I think she got off on that power kind of thing. And once she actually broke my bed, that was, and I, I think that was so hot, you know, like, uh, it was like one of those Ikea, like aluminum, fold out ones uh-huh. you know it turns into a couch uh-huh. and you know I'm lying on my back with like you know I guess like my dick right at the edge of the bed and my you know knees bent feet on the floor and she's like standing in front of me with her back to me and she like you know squats down and she gets right you know I start she's she's fucking me at that and that from that position and she's just banging away until like I feel like this clunk, and I realize that the bed frame is bent in the middle, oh like a gosh. like a V, and it's hit the ground. <laughs> oh my god, it's so hot! I would let that woman pound me through <laughs> through boards, you know, right, <laughs> like right, a karate right. demonstration, you know. But she's but but like uh, the, yes, individual acts are were very hot, but. Uh, you know, the the person, you know, you have to have, you have to be, you know, would I want to marry this person? Would I want to have kids with them? Would I want to take out a mortgage with them? You know, I, after my first, after my divorce, I could not separate those thoughts anymore. You know, right, like, you learn from that first relationship. Exactly. Like no, no matter how much you want to fulfill all my fantasies, can I take you to my grandparents' house? You know, right. that's, I can't, I can't separate those things anymore. Mm-hmm. So the first girl, you, the first woman, you didn't have that with her and maybe that's why things didn't work out? Uh, no, no, we were just, you know, she told me this after we decided to separate and I, I think she really hit the nail on the head. She said to her best friend, like, I don't 
want to get married to anyone ever, but this guy asked me to marry me and it's, it's so crazy. Maybe it'll work, you know? And that, and she hit the nail on the head. Like that's what we did. And it was, it was great, but it wasn't a long-term solution. Right, right, right. And you were, you guys were super young. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was still like getting high every day. Like, and I also realize now, like decisions that you make when you, are never sober. Like, mm-hmm. what are the chances of those being great long-term decisions? Right, but you quit like doing like a lot of drugs and partying. Or uh, oh when, yeah, I, when... I mean, I I have young kids. I I can't even. I'm lucky if I can get eight hours of sleep. Ah, I know, right? It's hard. You know, I have a baby too, so I totally. Understand. I do. I do. Oh, by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. Um. Which we'll call it. So, all right. So you eventually get married, but in between. But oh, can I just ask you a quick question? Because you were talking about the big girls, and I always, I still haven't had like on somebody that like has it as a fetish, right? Because some people would maybe think that that's a fetish. It's not a fetish with you because you're into all kinds of different women, right? You're just like super open. It's not like yeah. you know. So, what is like the biggest woman you've ever been with? So you could be attracted to like a what do they call it? BBW. What the fuck does that stand for? Big. Yeah, big beautiful woman. Oh, I just never knew that. Big beautiful woman. Okay, I just never yeah, knew. And what then that there's SSBBW, which is super size, big beautiful woman. So that's even bigger than a, the big women. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I was I fooled around with somebody that size. She was over six feet tall, and you know when I we were out at a bar, we met, and we we're like, all right, cool. And she's like, so you, you know, I, I I was saying like, yeah, well, somebody with two hundred and eighty pounds, and she laughed. She's like, I weigh a hundred pounds more than that. I was like, oh my god. And we never had sex, but we fooled around a little bit because I think we were both just kind of out there in the world kind of like exploring what was out there and I, I think we were not 100% compatible but she was really cool so we hung out a couple times we talked about I, and she was like I'm going to lay on top of you and let's see if you can get me off of you I was like alright fine so I got on her bed she just laid down we're like face to face right on top of me I was like oh my god I cannot get this person off of me like if she wants to just stay here and read a book or tell I'm you be stuck. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But what's funny is that I kind of explained to her, I was like, like, look, you got to understand, right? You're special. You could do whatever you want, and people will just beat a path to your door. You could be like, hey, what's up? I'm a giant woman. I'm looking for a guy to come over here and, uh, you know, eat my pussy, and then I'm just going to, like, slap you around and throw you out. You're going to do whatever I say. I'm going to push you around. People will just answer your Craigslist ad. They will just answer you, and they'll be like, oh, great, cool. Can I clean your dishes after I lick your feet? You know, and she she was kind of, like, surprised, uh-huh. A, that this was an option, and B, that I was claiming it was so readily available. So, you know, I tell her all this, and then, I don't know, a couple weeks later, we're hanging out, and I don't even think we were fooling around or anything, and she's like, you're right. Oh, my God. I was at a bar. I took this guy home, and we're, like, fooling around, and then I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a Craig said, and I just start throwing them all around the bed. He looked, he looked so happy. (laughs) (laughs) He had a look on his face. Like he couldn't believe this was happening. He didn't say a word. He was just like, just a shocked, dumb look on his face. And I just threw them all around the room. And, you know, I, I, I felt, I felt great. I felt like I like let somebody know that like, you know, the world is your oyster if you want it. 
Right. And people are just like, I mean, I think women, a lot of women don't understand that men are into a lot of different kinds of things and maybe vice versa. I mean, I think men know that women are into a lot of different things because women are much more forgiving when it comes to like the looks of a man when they'll date. I mean, you see it all the time, but a lot of men aren't. And so I think women tend to think like, oh, guys are only fuck girls that are totally perfect bodies and skinny and whatever, you know, and it's just like, please. So right. not the case. Yeah, it really isn't. You know, yeah. and a lot of guys that are, you know, very hetero, like all kinds of, like sexy is sexy, right? And all kinds of different bodies of different shapes and sizes could be sexy, as well as just people, even if you don't have a good body, if you carry yourself or if you really love fucking sex, that, you know, that comes across and it makes you sexy and people like sexy, right? It's just it's yeah. a lot more than just like what you look like physically. For you, I think... It, the physical thing was an added bonus because you like the pain and you like suffocation. So somebody that's bigger, it it does make it more hotter for you, the fact that they're heavier. Oh, yes, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a whole other element of, I don't know, it's, it's another component of, of what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I've, I've been sat on by, like, very small girls and it's like I could literally just grab their butt cheeks and just, bench press them right off ah, my face. Yeah, totally. You know, I've done that. It's and not the same effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you fool around with somebody. Yeah, if you fool around with somebody really weak, uh-huh. then then it's what becomes exciting is like what I can do to them. Like I can be fucking them, like just stand up in the middle of the room and keep banging them because I can carry them and fuck them at the same time or pin them against the wall or like grab both their wrists in one hand. Like I... I you know, if somebody is uh, submissive and very small, like that's super fun too for different reasons. You can right, basically you hold them things, down. Right. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. And because you have those both sides of you, right? You like oh, to be yes. abused I, I still, as well as still being enjoy, abused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still enjoy the sadistic stuff. But uh, over the years, I've felt like that's so much easier to find. You know, it's almost like there's a slight vein of that in pretty much every woman. You know, like, like, all right, I'm going to be a strong guy with a hard dick. I'm going to really rail you. You know, it's like I have not met too many people who are like, nah, that doesn't turn me on at all. Right. But maybe you they know? all have different, like, sort of thresholds, like you say, right? right to it, exactly. But they all enjoy a little bit of forced sex. It's like that rape exactly. fantasy kind of thing that a lot of girls have or being tied up or being taken beyond you know, without them right. wanting to. It's like a hot fantasy. It just is for some reason. Exactly. exactly. So that's why, for me, it's more important to find someone who is compatible with my masochistic side because there are people who don't want anything to do with any of that. So, right. You know, you know that, but I learned, you know, if I put it out early, it's not a big deal. Some people just never return a phone call. You know, you go on one or two dates and they either stick around or they don't. Well, that's how you weed out the trash. It's very important. You know, that's yeah. what it is. So why not? And that's what you learned to do later in life. That's what you said on the first podcast, you know, because you did spend some time, like, because you were super rejected. And when you did finally put it out there with people that you were already invested in, and then it actually, you took, you you know, you took it personally. So that, yeah. I think if it's yeah, like I first think- or second date and someone's like, you're like, who the hell cares? It means they're not into that. But if you're, 
you know, deeper into it, you might take it as a, something more personal, right? When most likely yeah, it's not. It's just that they're not into that, but, you know, right. it becomes but a so different much story. More at stake. The later mm-hmm. you, longer you wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. And some people think the opposite, but I think in this, I think if you have herpes, I... I think you should wait a little while. <laughs> I don't know. I, had, I don't know why I always bring this up, but I did have a friend. Who oh had my herpes. god! Did you just did you just say herpes? Yeah. Okay, I have a, I have a herpes story for you. Yeah, tell me. I met somebody on Craigslist, and we went out, and we were having a we we're at a went to a concert. Mm-hmm. You know, we got drunk, and then I think at some point we realized like, oh yeah, I'm kind of into you. This is, this is good. This is fun. This is like really, I think it was before I got totally comfortable with the masochism stuff. So I was more just having sex and kinky sex, but I wasn't, I wasn't at the point. Right. Right, I wasn't able to like dive right in. Mm -hmm. So, so we go to a concert. Great. We have a drink, you know, we go to a bar. Then we start getting drunk. We're like making out at the bar and, we're going for a walk through, like, you know, the downtown area. And she's like, let's go check out this bar here. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, if this girl wants to stay out, if she doesn't want to go home, then we're going to do something really raunchy. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, like, I was kind of like, we had our good date already. Now we're just heading into the, going into overtime. So we go into a bar, and it's, like, divided in half. And the one side is just, like, just, like, wall-to-wall people shouting, partying, and we're like, oh, man, this is not this is not conducive to what we're feeling, you know? So we look at the other half of the bar, and it's empty. Like, the, the bar has been shut down, you know? There's, so there's just, and it's just an empty bar. And I was like, hey, uh, let's go use the bathroom, you know? And we go in the bathroom, and I'm like, great, we're going to fuck. So we go in the bathroom, we're just going at it, making out, I'm like, pull down her underwear, she lifts up her skirt, and she hands me a condom, and before I stick my dick in her, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, like, you know, bend down and eat her pussy a little bit, and she reaches back, and she stops me, and she goes, no, you can't do that. I have herpes, you know, Uh, and I was like, oh, all right, you know, and I was like, well, let's just do this, you know, like, I, I, I felt like, you know, I was kind of... I had been put on the spot. I didn't feel like that was the nicest thing to do to me. To you know, like, the, oh, good. see you later. Right, just to stop. Right. Should, that she would take it so personally. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, I'm, I know I was drunk, so I'm not going to make believe that I have, like, this great recollection of everything. Yeah. Exactly how it happened, but that's pretty much how it played out. And so you just fucked her with a condom. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, I, then I took her home and I fucked her some more. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. And then she actually woke up in the middle of the night and was like, I'm allergic to your cat. And she just left at like, you oh, know, she four was in the mess. morning. <laughs> yeah. And I just felt like, all right. You yeah, know that what? might have been my friend. She was allergic to cats and she had herpes. Maybe you well, fucked my friend. But she never, no, this was the weird thing about her is like, she had herpes, right? For uh-huh. a long time. And we would always, you know, and every now and then when she would meet a guy that she really liked, she would, we would always just talk about like, when is the time that you tell somebody, you know, and she wouldn't tell them in the beginning. And when, during her like crazy days when she was just like acting out, she'd like sleep with a lot of guys without a condom. Okay. Imagine knowing she had herpes, but like knowing that she didn't have an outbreak at that time. So I guess she just felt like it was safe, you know, and you can't really give it to anybody. So she would fuck guys without condoms. 
and then tell them down the line that she had herpes and she'd come back and be like oh can you believe like he didn't carry such a nice guy and i'd be like i think that's a little fucked up like he probably he either has herpes or something else because like who wouldn't care if like i don't know like i always felt like it was a little bit fucked up and i tell her like when you meet someone you really like make sure that yeah you probably shouldn't tell them you have herpes until maybe they fall for you a little bit but you also shouldn't fuck them without condoms because if someone did that to me i'd be like really pissed off you know what i mean right right but she would meet these guys and they'd be like oh that's fine and she'd be like there's so i think that's like means he's a nice guy and i was kind of like i think it means something else and and probably nothing good because a normal person i think with a good head on their shoulder would be a little pissed off (laughs) yeah that's wild i i am very lucky i you know i've gotten tested a bunch i'm Uh you know disease free thank thankfully uh i was always very responsible though right probably because i was i didn't do drugs when i was younger when you're more likely to make bad decisions yeah 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 you weren't doing anything until you're 26 uh-huh right yeah that's probably i did so much bad stuff in my early days and didn't use any kind of i was just like a fucking mess and never got anything and was very lucky so i feel for people that have those kinds of things because what do you do like my poor friend like i felt bad for her because it was like something like if she would meet somebody that she actually really liked there would be this thing that she'd have to be really worried about like dropping this bomb on somebody and it's like it would become that kind of thing like when do you tell somebody what do you do when she got older she wasn't like fucking them without condoms and stuff you know she eventually wind up in a relationship with a guy who you know and everything was fine but still it is a it's a it's a tough uh thing because you know if you think about it every relationship that's why i would be pissed if someone didn't tell me because like you know it changes your life in a in it a does. way right i yeah, think yeah. i don't I, think I, it's as I, serious like because like you know she lives a fine life but like it does in a way right because then if you're like single every person you meet you have to go through like it's a it's a big thing it is it is i i think that i i can't judge people who have to navigate that i don't think there is a social um rule in place no it's hard you know, it's, there a isn't, tough thing. And it's, yeah. it's a real hard thing mm-hmm. to, to judge you know and i think everybody you know has to kind of come to terms with what feels you right know, for what that. they're comfortable uh-huh. with and it's like you know I, similarly how i had to learn the hard way tell people up front what i'm into like maybe he's like like your friends, like you got to figure out when it's okay to tell these people. Mm-hmm. And when is the right time and when is not the right time? Because like you don't, she once told somebody like on a second date in a very um, odd way, like in an email and her wording was really off putting and kind of gross. And, um, and he was really horrified and kind of like your story, like uh, he really uh, hardcore dumped her and like it, she took it very personally you know what i mean like it was very much she had those experiences and it wasn't so much that i don't think it was a personal thing it was more about the way she did it and the word she used and everything it wasn't like oh that guy was just a fucking asshole and you're like gross you know but it was like the whole concoction it's just like i think but that's how she learned just like that's how you learn you know and that's how we all learn right by making ridiculous mistakes (laughs) that's why you know that's why you know your 20s are all about yeah. You know, fucking up oh. and making mistakes and stuff. So Yeah, a hundred percent. If you can come out as unscarred as possible, 
all the better. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's like oh, I think okay. the more you come out scarred, the better because okay, I, I mean I, I just believe live life like and, and do it then right and really just because right, right. that's no, what I, life's about, not about being. Perfect. I don't mean unscathed. I, I mean you without know, like, herpes uh, and AIDS and stuff. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Less herpes and AIDS. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah. I was always happy because I was like a blazing drug. Like I really acted out sexually. I was like a kind of crazy rebellious working out my dysfunction a lot in my 20s and I mean I became sober at 34 and been sober for 14 years and I'm a completely different person but I'm always like oh I'm just I was really lucky that in all of that time because like I was a blackout drinker you know and I was never raped I was never mugged I never got any diseases like you know because those things seriously could have happened to me but for some reason but somebody once told me they're like oh don't worry Kelly like God protects drunks and babies like that's just the way that it goes <laughs> so it's like I was I definitely was protected because I should have you know not come out as unscathed so yes you're right so if you could come out without you know like if you could come out alive it's a good thing <laughs> yes 100%. So you did, and you had a lot of this stuff, and those were just like really fascinating. You're married now. You have a good time. Um, yeah. And, uh, and that's that. That's the cock and ball torture and sadist, masochist, uh, you know, tutorial that I got. I mean, this is the first time I've talked to somebody into S&M because I think, like you say, the BSDM thing is different. I've had a couple of those people on. I've never had a sadist and a masochist. So, you know, thanks for the education. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. It was really nice talking to you. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, if you ever have any new stories to tell, I always like, I mean, I don't know if you see my podcast, I always have people come on, repeat callers. It's like, I think when you get to know somebody, my listeners know some of they always like to hear back. And I always do end of the year, you know, wrap ups things and we hear how people are. So hopefully everything will stay good in your marriage and everything's fine. But if you ever want to call back in and share more stories, just let me know. Yes, if you know, I'll say this to your to your listeners: if anybody wants to hear something specific, uh, and I have it to offer, I'll because I feel like the two times we've spoken, like it's kind of uh, you know, like the, the uh, sometimes we, it just goes from topic to topic, just because that's the natural flow of conversation. Totally, if anybody yeah. would like to hear anything specific. Um, I would be happy to talk to you. That'd be fine. Yeah, send an email. It's hard. You know, listen, I'm trying to get like a full view and like a whole, you know, in an hour or two hours because I think, you know, people like something, at least I do. So, you know, we're always projecting, right? Like something that has a beginning, a middle and an end, right? I want to know everything in one sitting. I fucking hated soap operas or anything that just goes on and on forever. I, you know, so I like to give my listeners that with one person, sort of get the whole thing you know and sometimes I do it in two calls or whatever so yeah I don't sometimes get two into one area it goes from a lot of different things because I like to get everything in right but if anybody but uh, you're absolutely right and people do sometimes write in but if anybody has any questions you send me an email strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com and I'll forward it on to Craig cool yeah I mean I I didn't even get to tell you about the trampling the what trampling what the fuck is trampling I mean, that's when somebody literally steps on you and walks on you. Uh, I built a piece of sex furniture. Imagine like a coffee table uh-huh. that the legs are only about, I don't know, seven or eight inches long. It's got a hole in the middle. I lie down underneath it and I wedge my cock and my balls up in through the hole. So now imagine there's just a table uh-huh. with a cock and balls in the center. Right. 
And, uh, but once you're laying you get on hard, top and it goes through the bottom or I'm, underneath? I'm underneath. Oh, okay, it. right, right. So just the you know, junk is on it. It's kind of like uh, a glory hole on the floor. Yes, yeah, except uh, it's, it's pretty awful the things that happen. <laughs> Why? Because someone's um, sitting on top of you, so you're getting like the pressure of it because it's just free flow, like, right? Like, does it. Push I mean, down and a lot you? of it, the person actually steps right on your cock and balls. That is oh, oh, super okay. intense. Um, I've, I've done a bit of that. I built, I built one of those, and I got to do a lot of play with that, both in like personal life and in the professional dungeon. And, you know, you can do different things. Right depending on uh, the, the venue you're in. Right, and you built yeah. one because you liked it so much. Well, yeah, I'd seen video of it online, and I, I just emailed, you know, the, the, the person who was putting out those videos, and they were like, yeah, yeah, super simple, and they just kind of, you know, they're right, it's it's pretty easy, and I just I just built one at home with just a drill uh-huh. and, uh, and a saw, and uh, that served me really well. Um, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk about this stuff. It's fun. And, yeah, uh, just like you did with that guy, right? You saw a guy on a line doing something that you were, like, into. You sent him an email, and he was, like, more than happy to give you the information. So, like, honestly, if, like, anybody's listening, it's the same thing, right, in this situation. If anyone's uh, yeah, listening, you know what? like, oh, I want that shit, or do, you know, how do you get into yeah. it? What were you saying? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's the answer is just, just ask. Yeah, totally. And I would forward that, you know, I'll just forward any specific emails on to you. Thanks a lot for having me again. Yeah, it was great. Thanks, Craig, for calling in again. And I will, like I said, I'll I'll keep you posted if I hear from anyone. But even if I don't, don't think that this doesn't mean that people were fascinated. Sometimes people just, you know, don't pull the trigger. Yep, I understand that too. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Anyway, thanks so much for calling in again. No problem. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.